You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to the Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's Mark, Maddie, and Michael today. How is everybody doing? Lovely. Michael, how are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Excellent. Doing we're all right. Good <laughs> you were mentioning that your energy level of hope and excitement has gone from, what, a 10 to a minus 6 at this point? Is a, Would that be an accurate depiction yeah this, this was swinging the last uh, 24 hours or so i would say that's fair michael has that swing because your calgary flames lost two to one last night to the montreal Canadiens in a game that would have either put them two points behind the habs for fourth place or six points back of the habs for fourth place and the flames are now six points back and um maddie i'm not real great with math but there's what 10 games left nine games for the flames 10 games for the Canadiens, six points um have we taken the old proverbial hammer and the nail and finally shut the coffin on 2021 for Calgary? Yes. I mean, we're still, it feels like playing this game where we're galaxy braining just every single scenario where they could still get in. But for me, like it's over. It has been. And just tricking myself into having that little bit of hope is just brutal every single time so i'm trying to trying to avoid it yeah once you start looking at numbers you're like "Ooh, two looks like a nice number it's two that's another win but then you realize montreal still has one game in hand over the flame so that's that's not going to help them and michael uh and probably what was i think you could probably consider the biggest game of their season last night um they pretty much came on and laid an egg. Not one period in that game last night that they reached double digits in shots. Uh, the power play was not very good. Um, what, give me some thoughts. Yeah, it was um, It was kind of a frustrating game because I thought like Montreal came out pretty good at the start. Both teams got a power play goal, and then it kind of just turned into a grinded-out game from there, except Montreal happened to take the lead. And then I think, I think you could basically call it that the Flames got – stuttered for the rest of the game like Montreal just did a great job shutting them down like Calgary was trying to dump and chase and Montreal was breaking out easily it was just it felt like how I feel like some of the other teams have felt lately watching the flames just because just Calgary couldn't get anything going up the ice Montreal was four checking and then defending hard it was just it was a super frustrating third period and although they got close a couple of times like yeah like you said it was just kind of an egg and you were pretty disappointed after they had two other pretty good victories over Montreal a few days before. Now, now looking ahead, the Flames do finish off with four straight against Vancouver, uh, make-up games for them going through their COVID scenario. Um, in between that, there's those pesky Senators who are apparently the Florida Panthers of the North Division. They're just The Flames cannot get past Ottawa. And then they've got Edmonton in a game with Winnipeg squeezed in there. Montreal still has to go, I think, three or four with Toronto. Um is there any real hope here or is it the number? I think the numbers, it was five and a half. That's the five and a half is the flames magic number to be done. Uh, not to get in, but to be finished. Um, is anybody here holding out hope or are we just kind of grinding it out and just seeing 
what's left over for next year. I mean, it's not zero, but <laughs> yeah, I uh, I made a joke recently regarding the Flyers playoff chances. Like, I don't know if you guys watch Fleabag, but there's a line in that. Uh, don't make me an optimist. You'll ruin my life, which is <laughs> where I'm at with both of these seasons. Michael, you? Yeah, I'm. I'm always gonna hold out a bit of hope, just because, like, I think for the most part they have been playing better lately. Like, you could even say the last few games they lost to Montreal in that game against Ottawa. Like, they probably deserved a better fate, but unfortunately they just screwed around so much for the first half of the season that, like, they left us no, no, no opportunities to have games where you have bad luck. Like, they just have to win, no questions asked, and. They don't have that luxury right now where they can have a game where, oh, we played well, but we lost. Oh, well, that's what happens. So, yeah, I think even if they win seven, it feels like they're kind of done at this point. Like They're, they're really going to need a miracle here. Yeah, I think when we all probably look back on the season, we look at the schedule. I don't think we ever would have thought that um, only winning two out of nine against the Senators would have been the thing that would have sunk the flame season. But you got to think they played so well against Montreal, the team they're chasing. Um, they've played well against Vancouver and they've struggled with pretty much everybody else. It's just been a total bizarre season for the Flames. I just look back at chances where you could have beaten up on a team at the bottom of the division, earned some easy points, and they just all of a sudden couldn't couldn't do that. Um, so the Flames now, with probably playoff position out, um, are we again, we're looking at tryouts, I guess, at this point. Um, you know, Elias Lindholm and Johnny Gaudreau have both been playing so well. Is, is Johnny Gaudreau either playing himself not to be traded because he's such a key cog in the machine or is he like upping his trade value at this point and making things very difficult for Calgary? Maddie, you're smiling. What do you think? I don't know. I was just thinking about this uh, the other day too. Like it's such a weird situation. And I'm, I'm certainly not going to complain about <laughs> how well he's playing right now, but yeah, I, I think more and more I'm starting to feel like he's, on his way out in Calgary. And part of that is not really through any fault of his own, especially mm -hmm. if the the situation with him and Sutter continues to be kind of rife. Yeah. Um, and I, oh, it just feels so bad, especially when you see stretches like this where he's just playing so well. It's like, I, I don't want him to go. I, I'm what? feeling so many feelings about it. Well, it is, and it's how he's played lately. He's got a uh, he's got a point in eight of his last nine. Um, he's got a point in five straight games because he had an assist on Lindholm's goal last night. Um, Michael, I, is I, I, it's almost like if the trade scenario is going to happen, it's like he's helping the Flames, right? Because now he's upping his value, but he's also helping him on the ice. It's a very confusing time, and I don't like it at all. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those things. Where it's probably good for everybody how he's playing, like right. Like right now, because he's upping his own personal value for when he has to go get a renewal contract, um, whether it's with the Flames or in free agency or whatever, or if the Flames are trying to trade him, he's also upping his value there. And I don't know. I think it speaks a lot of volumes to how good he is that even though he, the coaching style might not seem like it kind of fits for him, that he's really elevated his play to the level we haven't really seen in a while. And like in the past, he's kind of back down when he's been challenged, whether it's out in the media or just in general. So I don't, I'm pretty impressed to see how well he's played. And I really think just based on what we've seen the last month or so that the Flames are probably going to think really hard about 
whether or not to keep him even just for one more season and see how next year goes and maybe trade him at the deadline next year if they're out of it. But I just don't see how this team really is going to do anything other than at least give him one more crack at it next year if they can keep finding some success under Sutter, even if it doesn't lead to playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, it's his play has been ridiculous. He's now he's third on the team in assists. He's got twenty. Leads the team in goals with seventeen. Um, yeah, he's just his play has just been so heads up and heady lately. It's been awesome. And the guy he's on a line with, Elias Lindholm, is benefiting, or Gaudreau's benefiting from him. Either way, it's a it's a mutual love affair between those two because uh, Lindholm now has uh, a goal in four of his last five games and points in eight of his last nine. And Maddie, we know you are the president of the Elias Lindholm fan club. So let's hear your thoughts on Lindholm's play lately, because it's literally been two guys carrying the flames for probably the last two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. Um, it's been extra good because I have him on my fantasy team too. So just, Bonus. I love to win. So that's <laughs> been a, a fun extra boost for me personally, but um, no, I just, I think we're getting into that weird part of the season where it's like the good players feel extra good because everybody else is a, a little bit checked out yeah. um, and everything's a little bit bad elsewhere. But um, I mean, those two have been just a revelation on, you know, the season, which has been pretty weird and disappointing in a lot of ways. So um, yeah, I think we've been waiting for this to sort of, little bit of a breakout for the last little while here so it's been lovely yeah no it's been nice to see those two guys on a line together and it working and clicking and it's one of those you're like oh, what happened if this happened 20 games ago you know and they they put them in there michael uh we'll flip from two players who are playing well to someone who is gone mia on the flames roster um have you seen matthew kachuk recently michael uh no i have not i was hoping you guys have seen him but uh <laughs> i have not yeah, I just like his game has completely just gone off the rails and disappeared. Uh, it's I'm baffled at a guy. I thought under Sutter he would have been not flourishing, but he would have you know played back to close to his potential because Sutter's style of play seems to fit his style of play more. Yet you've got the two run and gun, you know, you center and forward out there who aren't dump and chase grind it guys having you know a fantastic stretch. Whereas a guy who should be playing well in that style of hockey isn't. Um, any thoughts or is it kind of one of those he's checked out for the season too, just cause it's done or potentially done. Yeah. I'm really torn on it because like you said, it seems like everything should be there for him to be successful, but it's just not clicking. And now as we kind of go into this off season, I think that's probably the biggest thing the flames have to figure out was, was this just a bad year? I know he had his concussion last playoff. So maybe that was affecting it. But like when you kind of look at the future here with his, um, contract up next summer along with Gaudreau and Manjapani, who I think are almost more important to re-sign now based on how well both of them have been playing. Like Kachuk's kind of in a tough situation because I think it's something along the lines of his qualifying offer that he'll have to get like a, I think it's just under a $9 million a year salary to, for the Flames to keep him. And I don't know if you pay him that right now. So I think figuring out what to do with him and if he just had a bad year or if this is something else is something they're going to have to figure out because they're going to have to make a big decision about a year from now if they're going to keep him or not. Yeah, it's amazing to think of a guy that like was so passionate in the press box last year when he was hurt in the playoffs, like losing his mind, a guy that everybody was like, he's definitely the next captain, that it could just go off the rails. Like, And it wasn't like a gradual, like, 
slow right hand turn. It was like right off the cliff, like quick bang a quick right, drove off the cliff. Um, Matt, do you have any thoughts on like this? Like, would you consider maybe not bringing Kachuk back when his contract's up, depending on how he does next year? Uh, honestly, no. Um, yeah. I think, and it's funny you mentioned the the press box thing. Like, that's immediately what it came into my mind. Like, it's so hard for me to think of a guy who goes from obviously visibly caring so much to just a switch flipping and him being completely checked out. I think, I don't know. It's hard to, yeah, I, I just can't imagine that that is like an easy transition. And yeah, I really wouldn't be surprised if we hit exit interviews this year and find out that he's playing through like three different injuries or something insane like that. Um, it's just hard for me to think that he, you know, got to the season and just suddenly didn't care anymore. I just, I just feel like the two lasting images of Matthew Kachuk for me this season are one, his door slamming incident when he was leaving the ice being very angry. And the second one where he blew a tire, fell down and just laid face first on the ice where uh, I, I forget what game was it was an empty net goal that led to it anyway, but it's just watching him just lay there. Those are my two lasting memories of a guy that I thought would be the next leader of this hockey team. So eh, what are you going to do? It's one of those years. It's a weird year for everybody. Maybe next year, everybody comes back and is healthy, happy and playing hockey the way they should be. Um, by the way, I was looking at some stuff on our uh, Jacob Markstrom. I was just curious because obviously the flames don't really have a backup goaltender anymore. It's, it's Markstrom robust at this point. Um, he started nine in a row and 12 out of the last 14. Um, if anybody wants to hop in, are we going to get to the point where Markstrom's going to go f- to make a kick save or drop down in the butterfly and go post to post and pull something because he's literally not had a day off in a very long time. Are we getting into dangerous territory here with him? Yeah, any day now. I'm waiting for it. <laughs> that was fast. Michael, what are your thoughts? Yeah, like it's – they really don't have – like you said, they really don't have another choice, unfortunately, so they kind of just have to roll the dice with that. Like he's a guy who in the past we've seen in Vancouver, as soon as he starts to get overworked, like that's when the injuries pop up. That's when he starts making questionable decisions with like his puck handling. It just – they, they're going to have to run him into the ground till that magic number hits zero. Because other than that, like they're full on gunning for the playoffs, and I'm just scared that, like you said, he could just make a strange save, pull something, and it could just. Oh, I think we lost Michael. All right, well, we'll continue on. Michael can hop back in, Matty. Um, you know, I, I'm kind of with Michael on that one. They don't have a bona fide backup at all. I mean, Dimunge, I don't think he's going to get any time. Uh, Zaggy Doolin wasn't anything spectacular. The one game he came in, I think his peak had like five or six goals on limited shots. So that wasn't any good. Um, yeah, I guess it's it's Markstrom until the end. Although I did laugh the other day. I guess, what is it? The San Diego Gulls, uh, Freddie Brathwaite, the goaltending coach, is now their emergency backup. So maybe they could bring Freddie back to Calgary and, at 45 years old and he could be the backup. But yeah, things are uh, things are certainly getting weird in Calgary right now. We're going to pause for a quick break here on the Tinderbox, and we come back. We got some reader questions, and uh, we'll talk about Noah Hannafin, and maybe we'll talk about my all-time favorite uh, subject, Sam Bennett, because um, well, Sam's having some success with those Florida Panthers. We'll be back on the Tinderbox just after this. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And welcome back to The Tinderbox. We are the podcast for Matchsticks and Gasoline, the Calgary Flames website for SB Nation. It's Mark and Maddie right now. Michael's sort of still on the screen, but I don't know if he's there. So we're going to uh, we're going to keep on keeping on, as they would say. So, Maddie, uh, big news yesterday before the game. Noah Hannafin, done for the season. Um, needs shoulder surgery from an injury he sustained Saturday night against Montreal. I don't even think he was on the ice for uh, probably two or three minutes and took an awkward hit, left, and never came back. Uh, with the season going down the drain as it is anyway, um, Noah Hannafin's still a big loss, though, no? Yeah, definitely. And I think when you get to this point in the season where, at least for me, like I said, I'm pretty much resigned to they're not going to make the playoffs. This The rest of the season is what it is. At that point, it's just like, I hope nobody sustains a, like a very serious injury. So that's kind of a, a worst case scenario situation for me. Um, on ice product wise, the, the loss definitely hurts. But um, I really feel for Hannafin as well. Just like that's such a a raw deal. I mean, you could arguably say too, it's the best defensive season he's had since the trade coming to Calgary. Um, the offensive numbers, I don't care at this point. Like he's just, he's just become such a solid defensive hockey player. Michael, we're talking about welcome back, by the way, we're talking about uh, Noah Hannafin's season ending uh, shoulder injury. And even though the flames are out uh, still a major loss for the team. Yeah, it, it really sucks. Like like you guys were saying, he was just so good this year, especially defensively, and even his offensive numbers were starting to turn back around. Like, I think like Daryl said, he's just a guy you don't replace this season with how he's played. Like He's just been fantastic, and I'm just hoping he can kind of come back next year and keep it going because it was super – it was one of the few bright spots, I would say, this season for this team. And speaking of defense, um, his replacement, uh, Nikita Nesterov, did not exactly uh, endear himself to the fan base last night. Uh, did not have the the best game on the blue line for Calgary. But um, speaking of guys that have been struggling, and I know I'm okay with it because sometimes you got to take some bumps along the way to develop players. But um, anybody got a quick synopsis like uh, Uso Valamaki's first full pro season? It's had a lot of ups. It's had a lot of downs. But um I know I'm okay with watching him struggle a little bit because I think that's just how you learn. You get out there on the ice. You don't learn anything from sitting up in the press box. You just, you got to go out there, keep plugging away. And you, you know, if you can get out of a slump, get out of a funk, that's great. But um, everybody else, you know, okay with watching him struggle a little bit just to get his feet wet. Yeah. I mean, like any experience is good experience at this point, you know, like I think you said it perfectly. You've got to, work through your issues and it's it's not always going to be smooth sailing so I think the sooner he faces a little bit of adversity to use kind of a dumb buzzword um the better you know um I yeah I think it's going to be better for him next season that he's at least gotten a taste of working through some stuff so he's better adjusted if nothing else yeah, I think you only get better from playing against better competition. Like dropping him down to the AHL wouldn't do him any good, and benching him wouldn't do him any good either. Michael, you got a thought on that? 
Well, yeah, Daryl Sutter, I think, called out kind of him and Anderson the other day without naming names, saying basically these young guys, there's a couple of young D who haven't taken a step forward we were hoping for this year. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, a few games. So, like, I'm kind of with Maddie. You have to play them to get them through some of these learning curves. And I think it's still going to end up being beneficial for him. And now with Hannison now, he probably has an opportunity to get some more minutes. But... It's been a little bit disappointing just because he was pretty hyped, but, like, unless you're a superstar defenseman, like, all these guys go through a few years of development before they really turn into who they are. So I'm not super concerned on the results, but I'm just hoping we can try to see some more steps forward in these last few games and then into next year as well. And uh, speaking of someone who's taken a step forward, uh, young Samuel Bennett in Florida, what is it, three goals, three assists in five games? He's got six points. Um are some of us going to eat crow that Sam Bennett is really good? Or is this one of those, like the flames won where they win like four or five in a row when Jeff Ward took over and then they won three in a row when Sutter took over. And is this just Bennett being excited in a new situation and will he settle in or did the flames just really miss on Sam Bennett? Michael. Um, I I've been watching him a little more closely with the Panthers and like, he obviously looks way more kind of inspired to be there. I don't, you know with Sam Bennett, how he's kind of like when he's on, he's on. And he's kind of really brought that extra energy in his first few games there. Like he's had a little tap and goal, stuff like that. But he just looks like he's a lot more relaxed there. Obviously, he's playing with a really, really good player in Jonathan Huberto. And I think I saw the last couple games, he's played about 22 minutes a night, which... As far as I can recall, he never even got close to that with the Flames. So, like, he's getting chances there, and I don't think it's crazy or surprising to see how he's kind of burst out there since then with the six points, like you were saying. So, you know, I'm I'm not shocked by it. I'm kind of bummed, but obviously it was never going to happen with the Flames, and they were probably going to lose him anyway. So I'm not like I'm not like some people who are saying that the sky is falling because this guy has six points with his new team. Like we it wasn't crazy to see this coming. And I, I still think the flames got a really good return for him. So I'm not too upset. Yeah, exactly. I think this could be just one of those jumping into a new situation, like thumbing your nose at your former franchise and be like, yeah, see, I am good. And then you'll go back to whatever. Um, so Maddie, Michael likened Sam Bennett to a light switch. He's either on or off. Um, is that something? Is that agreeable? Yeah, I think that's super fair. And like I always say, regression eventually comes for us all. So He's going to come back down to earth eventually. I mean, certainly no hard feelings. Like, it's nice to nope. see him doing well. But, yeah, I this isn't what he is either. You know, there's a sort of middle ground that he's going to come back to eventually. And, like, everything's going to be fine. Water seeks its own level eventually, right? Absolutely. So, all right, we'll wrap up that Sam Bennett uh, talk because it's going to drive me insane. All right, so we have some reader questions from last week on Facebook. We apologize for not getting to them. I was renovating my bathroom for five days and I did not have time to podcast. So we uh, saved your questions and they're all still good. Derek Johnson on Facebook wants to know if the Flames winning all of these games messes up their draft position. Um, you know, he, he asked, is, uh, is it a big deal if they go from, say, 16th or 6th to 16th pick-wise? Um, Michael, I know I was telling Maddie about it before, how you and I used to trade messages laughing hysterically at these prospect videos that were like, would make the Zapruder film or Bigfoot films look like they were in HD uh, because it's so grainy and so bad. Um, you have any thoughts on this? Does it really matter if the Flames pick sixth or 16th? 
Um, not particularly, just because, like, once you kind of get out of that top five range, both in the draft and in the draft lottery, like, at least this year, it kind of feels like there's not as big of a drop-off in terms of prospects, just because there's such an unknown. But then also, even if you just look at, like, the lottery odds, for example, like, once you kind of move out of that top five, your chances of even getting, like, a top two pick this year, like, it only goes down from, like, 13% to 7% going from, like, 6 to 12. So it really doesn't feel like – it's a, like at the end of the day, it's a pretty small chance you're actually going to win anything of value. So I, I'm fine if they play hard down the stretch. I think if you kind of play the right way and you play hard, maybe the, the hockey gods will reward you. But I don't know. I'm not like all these people who are every time they win, like, oh, no, they should have lost. They could have picked – had, like, the fifth-best odds instead of the sixth-best odds, like – yeah, tanking's great and all, but I think I'd rather see them play the right way and kind of keep building a culture rather than just losing for the sake of losing. Yeah, ask the Boston Celtics about that during the David Robinson draft or the uh, Kevin Durant, Greg Oden draft. Or heck, ask the Flyers about that. Uh, the the Red Wings last year when they had the best odds to get the number one pick and they did not. Uh, Maddie, I see you cringing over there. Um, I know draft talk is tough, but what 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 are you thinking? Does it really matter? Oh, I was mostly cringing about just like the fact that the Red Wings didn't get the first overall pick <laughs> last year. I, I, I'm i not over that. That's Detroit brutal. just they poor Detroit. <laughs> they just can't win. Just cannot catch a break. No. Um, but no, I I'm with Michael. Like, I'm not coming into the rest of the season being like, they should lose every single game because I want the best possible draft position um, yeah. as much as I would love to see them get it to the top 10 because I'm obsessed with like all three of the draft eligible guys who are on Michigan's team last year. Um, And I would love to see them pick up one of them, but that's just my own personal bias. Oh man, you got to get in there and look at those six foot eight left shot defensemen from Austria. You got to look at those guys. Those that's the stuff to watch. Um, So Derek, we hope that answered your question. Thank you much for uh, asking us. He also says, thank you for the podcast. He really enjoys listening to our perspectives. So Yes, that's good. I don't know. Uh, Graham McKay has two questions. Graham's always a pretty good poster on the Facebook page, and he wants to know the best hockey movie of all time. Is it Goon, Goon, The Last of the Enforcers, Slapshot, Mighty Ducks 2, or Miracle? Um, I'll give mine last. Maddie, out of those, uh, what's the best hockey movie of all time? Or did he miss one, like Youngblood? Uh, I would like to throw into the ring Mystery Alaska. Yeah. That's a good one. Um, of that bunch, I think Miracle's my favorite, though. That's, like, cliche, but I love Fair it. Enough. Michael? Yeah, I think uh, Miracle or, um, I don't know, I'm I'm kind of a youngin. I'm always down for some Mighty Ducks. Like, they're all really good options. Like, the Goon ones are pretty solid, too. But I think, I think I'd have to throw my uh, vote on Mighty Ducks. They're the ones he suggested. Graham, I'm going slap shot with you because i'm old and to me that is the ultimate hockey movie because the one-liners and just the stuff that's said in that movie that you look at today that could never be said in a movie ever again it just makes that movie just classic and it's not even the hansen brothers it's everybody else surrounding that movie uh ned skating in his jock strap in the middle of a fight uh it's just such a good slap shot it's such a old timey just you look at the mill town and you feel depressed as you watch the movie you're like oh this is horrible you know the rink smells like cheap beer and cigarettes and bad perfume and it's just it's a it's just to me it's the perfect time period hockey movie for that time although i am a big fan of miracle and i and i think um 
uh the goon mo- the goon movies were actually really good too i think they were funny but and and we can't forget we got who we no one mentioned patrick swayze and rob lowe and Youngblood, one of the greatest hockey movies of all time, too. So anyway, all good movies, all good suggestions. And then Graham had one more, um, which I love because the first time I saw them, I wanted to go through my television and take them off everybody. Uh, Michael, Vegas helmets, ugly or really ugly? Jeez, the, the, it's just it's it's so Vegas watching them. And it's it's <laughs> I, I don't know how if I was a Vegas fan, I don't know how I'd watch the games just because it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Like the shine, the it, it's Vegas, but it's just. On a rink, it just looks ugly. I, I can't do it. Maddie? No, they're awful. And I've seen people being like, oh, yeah, you know, they've really grown on me. I definitely don't hate them anymore. I'm like, no, I hate them as much as the first time I saw them. They're an the only way that The only way that helmet could grow on you is it physically grew on you. Like it was attached <laughs> to your body and you couldn't get it off. They are hideous. They're like um, Notre Dame wears those in college lacrosse. And the hockey team wears them too. And the, the, the dumbest things I've ever seen. Because yeah, it's awful. not like, to me, it's one of those that this is the OCD in me. Like if you're going to have a bright, bright, shiny gold helmet like that, you should also be wearing a bright gold, shiny uniform. It should all go together. Like normal clothing material, like cotton or polyester, whatever, doesn't shine. It does. It just to me, it's it, it's an OCD thing. I can't handle it. It drives me insane. But yeah, Notre Dame lacrosse wears it. I'm like, I just changed the channel. I won't even watch the game. I can't look at it. It's hideous. So yes, Graham. Um, all good movie choices. And God, the Vegas helmets suck. So um, anybody, anything else they want to add before we wrap up this episode of the Tinderbox? I think that's the perfect, perfect, <laughs> perfect thing ending. to end off on. Awesome. The perfect everything about Vegas's uniforms is horrendous. Fantastic. Uh, Flames got uh, two games this left this week. They got the Oilers on Thursday at 7 p.m. Mountain Time in Edmonton, and also on Saturday, uh, an 8 p.m. start Mountain Time against the Oilers as well. And then after that, it's Jets, Senators, and all Canucks. So there, are, there is not much left in the season. We would like to thank you all for listening to this episode of the Tinderbox. You can find us on Spotify, Google Podcast, and iTunes. Just look search the tinderbox or matchsticks and gasoline you can find us under any calgary flames podcast you can also find us on twitter at matchsticks cgy on the internet matchsticks and and gasoline.com and on facebook matchsticks and gasoline michael maddie thank you so much for coming on this afternoon and talking flames hockey and we will catch you next time on the tinderbox